here. I'm glad you're online with us. Uh, we're starting something new today uh, where we're going to talk about um, gift giving, and we're going to do that in a little bit different way. I hope you had a good Thanksgiving uh, where you got together. I've talked to some people, and they said, man, it was good. It was just different. We practiced it in a different way. I've talked to some of you uh, that said it was kind of a frustrating time this year, and I have, I have good news for you. In less than 30 days, you get to try again with the added layer of gift giving added to the mix. It'll make it so much better, right? Some of you are gift givers. You love giving gifts. You love receiving gifts. So this is your time of year. In fact, some of you have boundaries in your life to help you deal with your gift giving um, abilities. And this time of season lets you go kind of past those boundaries. And so you're loving every second of it. And others of you look at this time of year and, um, and for you, the gift giving is not that big of a deal and giving them is not that big of a deal. The problem for you is that now you're expected, obligated to reciprocate. Somebody gives me a gift, I have to do something back. If ancient Israel practiced Christmas the way we did, it would have been a nightmare for them. Their whole culture was built on this idea uh, it was called social reciprocity. Whatever I would do for you, I could expect that at some point in the future, you would do the same for me. And I would keep track of that. And if you didn't do that, there were repercussions. I, I could hold you away from my life because of that sort of thing. And so I, I don't think that's as bad in our culture. I think they would have been really serious problems because they would have kept track of everything and you would have been expected to pay back at some point in the future. But um, there is some obligation that comes with gift giving. I don't know which group you end up with, whether you love gift giving or you feel obligated to it. But there are, um, there are times when my family kind of experienced that. When I left my house, my sister and brother, they all started having kids and we looked at each other. I don't know who had the bright idea. It wasn't me. I'm not that smart. But somebody said... We should stop giving gifts to all of our family members and just concentrate on our families. And everybody went, oh, that's a good idea. Why? Because you felt obligated to keep doing that sort of thing. The thing was, I, I married somebody who loves to give gifts and loves to receive gifts. And it's not that big of a deal for me. And it took me a long time to figure out that when I opened up that present, there was another shirt that I didn't need or want that I was still expected to have some sort of emotional response of gratitude in that moment. And if I didn't, there would be a conversation later in the bedroom. <laughs> like, what was your problem, dude? And, um, and so I had to figure that out. I had to figure that out. But, like, if, if I were tracking, like, the worst stories when it comes to social reciprocity, like, you kind of owe me, it has to do with Tracy's um, family when they were growing up. She told me about this years ago. I've always remembered it. Frightening, okay? She had sisters who would track certain things at Christmas time. And one of the things that they would track is they would track the number of gifts that each sister got. And if it wasn't equal, drama. Like, it would kick up. She has four sisters. So it's, there were five girls plus mom. I don't know how dad survived. It's a miracle. I still wonder about that today. How did you make this? But they would track the number of gifts. And it wasn't just that. They would also track the value of the gifts. 
And if some, I mean, this is dedication. This is dedication where you're going through and you're looking what everybody has and you're adding it up in your mind. And if somebody had something of more value, ooh, tempers would be thrown, unfair would be yelled, favorites would be used like a dagger. It's a little bit Lord of the Rings in their household, right? It just got a little crazy when it came to gift giving. In fact, um, what's neat is I went back and I found some pictures uh, from her childhood when they counted up the presents and they realized they weren't equal, this is one of the pictures they took. And then um, there was another girl who was doing the calculations in her head on value, and this is they got this. Like, what did you just do? Okay, those weren't those weren't their pictures, but you get the you get the idea. Like that's an extreme side of things, where you're kind of tracking everything and you expect people to mm, divvy up. The thing is, I think we've all experienced this uh, social reciprocity with gift giving in a different way. It's, it's a more mild way, and it's this common thing that we call the gift exchange, right? Maybe you do it with family, but uh, most certainly this happens with friends, this happens with coworkers, this happens with sports teams that you're on. Somebody in the group loves to give gifts or loves to get gifts, and they get this great idea Let's all exchange gifts. And what's the first thing that you do if you decide to do a gift exchange like that? You set a value based on what everybody can spend. Why do you do that? Because you don't want to get caught in a situation where somebody buys a $50 present and you buy a $5 gift and now you feel obligated. You feel bad that that's happened. And so you take away that obligation right away, and you just say, hey, we're going to get a $5 gift, period. The problem with gift exchanges like this is it almost instantly reveals your gift-giving style. Because the person who loves to give gifts, man, they go and they scour the store shelves. They look online. And they find the perfect $5 gift. And it's no joke. Anybody who gets it's going to love it. You open it up and you're like, oh, I can use that. That was, really, that was really well thought out. And then there's the other people like me who stop at the gas station on the way to the gift exchange and go, that's $5. I'll take that. Right? Do you have a bag I could put that in? Because I got to wrap this. And... I don't know if you've ever been in a gift exchange before where you open up the gift that you got and in your mind, that gift is going to survive until you walk by a trash can, right? How many of you, in fact, have had this thought? You opened up the gift at a gift exchange and your thought was, I wish I would have kept the gift I came with. How many have had that experience? Yeah, yeah, we've all, like you, you, you put some thought into it and you did that um, and you didn't get equal in return and it kind of rubs you the wrong way. Why are we talking about all this? Because I want to take you to the scriptures today um, because there's a word that's used actually often in the text, gifts. And it's used often enough 
in, in, in such a variety of ways that it's attached to so many different things, we're going to take several weeks to look at the different type of gifts that are given. There's a lot of different things that are given. In fact, the, it's such a variety of things. I've tried to boil it down to one thing they all have in common, and there's only one thing that I can find. In all of these instances, God's the gift giver, and we're the recipients. We get the gift. And it's also the problem. Because if God is the one who's giving the gift, what's the chance that you're going to be able to give God back something of equal value? It's troubling in a culture that has convinced itself that we're self-made people. Like that everything that we accomplish, everything that we have, all the skills that we've accumulated over our lives are based on our hard work and effort. And hard work and effort is a big deal. It's a big part of it. But as a follower of Jesus, you will come to an understanding that all you've accomplished, all you have, all your skills, even the motives that you carry in your life come from a hand of God as a gift. And that's what I want to look at. I actually want to go and look at some different lists that we find in the scriptures that say, listen, I, I gave you these things. And if I, were, if I were to try to help you understand the motive of God behind all this gift giving that I see in the scriptures, I think I, would, I think I would choose three things that I see that motivates God's heart as he goes to give you gifts and give me gifts. One of those is he gives gifts because he has a desire to infuse purpose and meaning in your life. So when he chooses to give you a gift, it's big, it's important. There's something that could shape the way you live and think. And so there's, it's, it's important kind of stuff. A second reason that I see is I start looking at all the gifts that he gives is just flat out love. Because you're in a situation where you couldn't possibly give God back a gift that's big enough to be equal. You didn't earn it. You didn't deserve it. So the only motive that he has is to overwhelm you with love, to make sure that you understand, I love you so much. Here's some gifts. And then here's the last thing. I'm convinced that he gives you gifts because you were created to be connected with other people, and so he equips it. He finds a way to give you a gift that allows you to connect with other people in meaningful ways. And so God does all of this. I want to talk about these this morning, and I want to show you some lists that are found in the scriptures. These are really helpful, um, and they're different. They're all different. They all have a little bit different flavor. So I'm going to take you to Romans chapter 12, and I want to look at verse 6. I want to start there. It says, we have different gifts. These are things that God has been giving to us, and they're all different for us. And it says it's according to the grace given to each of us, which goes to, to that central idea that you couldn't pay him back because you don't deserve it. You didn't earn it. There's, there, it's big. This is based on God's grace. Then he says this. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. In verse 7, if it's serving, then serve. If it's teaching, then teach. If it's encourage, then give encouragement. If it's giving, then give generous, generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. I want to put all of those up on the screen here. I want to ask you, what do you think all of those things have in common? 
There's something at the core. I would tell you this. I think these are things that God uses as motivations in our lives. They're motivational. This is the way I, this is the way I want to live. I want to live in a way that allows me to give. I want to live in a way that allows me to encourage. Motivation is everything, and believe it or not, it's a gift of God into your life, which again is hard for people to deal with because we live in a self-made world where I'm pretty sure I did it. I accomplished it. I made this happen. But your motives, your motives are everything. Let me give you an example where just a simple motive change makes all the difference in the world. It, I'm going to use this. It's the same thing. You're going to do the same thing, but the motive is going to be different. You've seen people who make a lot of money and their motive for making a lot of money is that they'll find success in life, that they'll be respected, that they can get everything that they want and have, that they'll climb the social ladder. The problem with that is when you see people assign that kind of value to the purpose of making money, you know they're never going to be satisfied. It's never going to be enough. And so they'll keep pulling on more and more and more to try and accomplish that. But you've also seen other people who've made a lot of money. And when you look, you look at the scriptures and they've done this. They've served. They've encouraged. They've given generously. And the motive behind what they were doing was different. And for them, again, they're still doing the same thing. But the motive changes what's at the heart of this whole thing, which I guess um, causes us to say, what would happen if you could tap into that? What, what if it would drive your life? May, can I ask this question? What does drive your life? What motivates you? Because part of what happens is that God gives really good gifts to us motivational gifts to us but sometimes our desires can supersede that and God will allow that to happen and our desires for what we want how we want to be seen how we want to be uh, experience life the way we want to do it can be the thing that drives us and you start to miss out on the very gift that God had placed in your life that was meant to give you purpose and meaning and if you could tap into that, if you could go and you could tap in to something that gave you purpose and meaning that drove your life forward, wouldn't you want to do that? H how do you find that? How do you go looking for that? What, what makes you feel most alive? H have you identified that? Because if it's, if it's from the hand of God, he's given it to you for a reason, a purpose. Uh, it's about meaning and purpose in your life. And when you feel the most alive, you should pay attention. What do people in your life tell you that they see in you that makes a difference? Like, I, I think this is from God in you. This is unique. Have you had conversations with people like that? Because what you want to find a way to do is to get to a core motivation that could make a difference in your life. If you could identify that as something that God's given you, 
man, it could drive you to accomplish some pretty incredible things. Or you could be driven by whatever else you want. What drives your life? Your life. I hope you would understand that God has offered a gift of motivation in your life. If you'll go looking for it and you can find it, you can lean into that and accomplish some pretty cool things. I want to take you to a different list. This is an abbreviated list that's found in Ephesians chapter 4. And this list is a little bit unique in that it's not for everyone. Um, this starts in Ephesians 4. This is verse 11. It says, So Christ himself gave. So we have Jesus Christ getting in on the action. He's going to give. What's he going to give? He's giving apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers. What's he doing? He's equipping his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. One of the things that God gives is a burden for ministry. It's a, it's a desire. See, this, um, the church doesn't work randomly or haphands. There, um, there's a design that God has in mind that he's going to put a group of people together and, and then he burdens them to accomplish his work. Like, I want you to grow something of my kingdom together. And I want to be clear on this. The burden for ministry does not mean that you work in the ministry. In fact, an incredible story of how this church got started. There was a group of founding people who got together and said, we want to see a church that accomplishes certain ministry in our community. And they felt burdened by that, and so they started. They had a burden that kind of drove them forward. Many of you carry that burden, and you've not known what to do with it. If there is something in you that makes your heart tick towards ministry, you need to go explore that. You need to go have a conversation with somebody. You need to find a place where you can practice that thing you're drawn to. It doesn't have to, like, so, so this happens a lot. People will have come to me in the past and said, I think God wants me to teach. When can you put me on the stage? Listen, if God wants you to teach, teach where you are. Start a small group. Start practicing. Grow it over time. Do that sort of thing. But it's a gift of God, so go ahead and nurture it. By the way, the fact that this burden for ministry is a gift of God is also a reason why you wouldn't look around and go, I wish I had their gift. I wish I could sing like them. I wish I could teach like them. I wish I could do this like them. Why? That's, that's God's gift to them. He's given you a gift. Why don't you focus on the one that you have and live in a way that honors God? So this isn't for everyone, but it's intended to be used by those people who generate ministry to equip everybody else to accomplish God's work. And if you have a burden for ministry and you're not leaning into it, all the rest of the people who are waiting for you to lead them, to help them move, are missing out on what God had placed in you to do. If you have a burden, pay attention to it gives you purpose and meaning. Use it. Now there's another list in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and this is for everyone, and you can tell 
because it opens up saying that very directly. This is verse 7 of chapter 12 of 1 uh, 1 Corinthians. Now to each one of you, so in this case, when I'm talking up here, this is about you. It's not the person next to you. This is you. And it says, to each one of you, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. The Holy Spirit shows up in your life in a unique way. Every one of us, this happens to. And then he starts making a list. He says this in verse 8. To one there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another, a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another, by faith, by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And still to another, the interpretation of tongues. And this is verse 11. And all of these are at work. And all of these are the work of the one and the same Spirit. And he distributes them to each one just as he determines. Whether it's wisdom, discernment, faith, the ability to communicate. The skills that you have are a gift of God. They're designed as a gift into your life. Why? So at some point, you don't stop and think you're self-made. I did this all on my own. I accomplished this. Look at how awesome I am. It's not the point. The point of these is that you would find a way to use these in your life and in the lives of other people in a significant way that moves God's kingdom forward. It's an attempt to cause you to go, I'm humbled by the fact that you've given me this ability to do. And so I'll do out of gratefulness. Now, I want you to be careful. I just read three lists. And I've talked to a lot of people who've scoured these lists. And they've concluded, the skill that I have, the thing that I'm good at, is not on this list. I guess I'm out. I'm out of luck. I wasn't included. I'm not convinced as I read this that God's intention was to find a way to say, I've just given you an exhaustive list. There is the, these are the gifts. There are no more. I'm not convinced of that. I think there are lots of different things that God does. He wants you to be aware that he's, uh, he's in the gift-giving business. In fact, I want you to see this because I think it's so fascinating to me. The first list that I read to you out of Romans, the scriptures say that God gave out those gifts of motivation. The second list I gave you said that Christ gave out those gifts to his church. The third list said the Holy Spirit is manifest in you. doesn't matter the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. doesn't matter how um, God interacts with your life. He's a gift giver. By nature, he's a gift giver. And he's attempting to find a way to give into your life to show you love, to motivate you, to help you connect with other people. The problem is it's uneven. What do you do when God, the all-creator, mighty um, creator of the universe, gives you something like that? What do you give back? Some people feel crippled by it. I don't know what to do to give back. 
But I've lived long enough to be on both sides of this situation before. I've been in the, the place of a person who's been given a gift by a people, and I didn't deserve it. And I felt humbled by that gift. And I didn't know what to say. I didn't know what to do. I was lost. But I've also been on the other side of that, where I've been, had some opportunities to give into some other people's lives. They didn't earn it. They didn't deserve it. It was awesome. And you know what I expected? The same thing I think I saw in my parents as I was a kid, and they were giving me gifts that I couldn't give back. They, they were just looking for some joy. Like, I just, I just want you to enjoy this. I don't want you to just enjoy it. I want you to enjoy it and use it. Like I gave you this thing. Why don't you let it reshape your life? Why don't you let it be something that fills you up with excitement because I gave you this thing and it overwhelms you? And when you're on the receiving end of something that's unbalanced like that, that's all you have left. I'm going to be grateful for this. And I'm going to use this gift because I don't know what else to do. And honestly, as somebody who's been on the other side where I've been able to, that's all I would want. And I honestly think that's all God wants from you. Which brings us back to the simple question. What's driving your life? Do you know the gifts that God's given to you? See, what would change in your life if over the... The next holiday season, you have a month of this. You were reminded every time you saw a gift like this wrapped up somewhere that you've been given gifts by God and you started exploring what those gifts might be. You started opening yourself up to the possibility that God has given you motivations that you don't fully understand. That he's given you some skills that you should be grateful for. That maybe he's burdened you for ministry that if you opened yourself up to the possibilities, your life could have meaning and purpose based on what God has given you out of love. So how about it? Time to celebrate. Time to be grateful. Time to pay attention because he is a gift giver and he gave you gifts. Do you know what they are? Are you thrilled about them? Are you using them? I hope you'll use this next month to explore, to figure it out, and to step fully into the life God meant you to live. Can I pray with you? God, it's just incredible to read the scriptures and to see that word used over and over and over again. I gave. It's a gift And the gifts that kind of pour into our lives are from your hand. God, you have given us a chance to experience purpose in life. Given us a chance to feel loved. You've given us a chance to engage with people around us in meaningful ways. Not because we're great, but because you gifted us. So I just ask that you would take these gifts. That you would give us hearts that love you and respond to you and that you would move us forward. 
God, may we be the people who act with joy, knowing that we are in an unequal gifting situation with the almighty creator of the universe. We love you. Thank you so much. In Jesus' name, amen. Church, can we stand and we worship?